0: listening to The Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. I hope you had a great weekend. We got some stuff to go over today. We've got very little going on in Bachelor World. However, I do have a few news and notes from this, Uh, a couple notes from the challenge, and then we've got a lot of sports to cover today as well. So uh, we will get to that momentarily. This podcast is also brought to you by First Leaf Wines. First Leaf makes it simple to discover new wines that you'll love. They learn your tastes, then deliver quality wines right to your door. Sign up today and you'll get your first six bottles for thirty nine ninety five plus free shipping. Go to tryfirstleaf.com slash realitysteve. That's T-R-Y-F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash reality steve to get your first six bottles for thirty nine ninety five plus free shipping. Also, this podcast brought to you by Dame Products, they've got the new Dip, Dame's Intuitive Introductory Vibrators. The first vibrator or toy that helps you rediscover what feels good for you. It's designed to be unintimidating and to encourage pleasure exploration without shame. Go to DameProducts.com and type in promo code REALITYSTEVE to get 15% off your first order. That's DameProducts.com, promo code REALITYSTEVE for 15% off your first order. So like I mentioned at the top in the open, not a lot of Bachelor news to update on. Uh, I know London obviously was where they were for episode number five. First three episodes were in L.A., fourth episode was in the Bahamas, number five is in London. They should be finishing up in London today or tomorrow. Um, I'm not sure where episode six is yet. Hopefully I'll find out. If not, obviously just um, keep it here. Um, I I have been sent some things regarding Instagram accounts uh, saying, uh, putting out names of who they think is there and who isn't. There's a lot of things wrong in that, so take it for what it is. Um I have all your names and eliminations up to this point uh, but like I said there's really no reason to give it out now it's the same whatever I give out if I were to give it out now versus when I do eventually give it out it's going to be the same answers it's going to be you're going to see the same things so it doesn't necessarily um need to come out now I'd like to have it all in one spot um but my guess is you'll get the final 4 you get to see who who's getting hometown dates, and then close to that, I'll probably be laying out uh, your eliminations up to Final Four. So that's usually easiest. That would be in a couple weeks, because hometown dates start, um, let's see, this week will be Episode 6, end of the week into next week will be Episode 7, and then you're into hometowns. So end of next week, possibly, beginning of the following week, two weeks will be uh, hometown dates, so... Not that far off. Um, I have heard a few things about this season. Again, drama-filled, very interesting. Same old, same old. I, I do want to say this in regards to Bachelor in Paradise. we got two episodes, obviously, this week, tonight, and tomorrow. There are some things that came up last week in regards to one of the contestants on this season that I have been asked about numerous times I'm going to see what happens tonight on the episode, and then I'm just going to kind of gauge the landscape of everything uh, before I even talk about this. However, what I will say is if you are a content creator and you want to cover this story, I suggest treading very, very carefully. I have held my breath and I've bit my tongue for two months, and I'm not going to just run with something because I want to have a story. If I wanted to do that, I would have run with this two months ago. Be careful of what you're putting out there. I already saw what started leaking last week. Just be very careful of what you're putting out there because you're basically doing what you always accused me of doing in the past, trying to get a story, right? How about having all your facts straight? How about having proof of anything? How about having any sort of conversation with the subject in question before you run with anything? I know it's a little bit late for that because at the end of last week, people started running with stuff, and if you have no idea what I'm talking about right now, unfortunately, because of the situation that I'm in, I can't say anything just yet, but I will address it in some way, shape, or form probably tomorrow. I just need to see how tonight plays out and see if anything comes up online, so just bear with me. Last week, uh, Rachel Rekia went on Caitlin's podcast. And, again, I don't have time to listen to a lot of these podcasts, but I read the recaps that Us Weekly usually puts out there. And, you know, I thought Rachel gave a lot of good answers. Um, I think the biggest thing is she admitted a lot of mistakes, and everyone seemed to jump on her case saying, oh my God, she did this and she did this. And Rachel's very well aware of the things that she could have done differently on the show. And I didn't think she threw too much shade at anybody. She talked about the Zach overnight date where it just said they didn't seem to connect. And, but she also has no problem with him as the bachelor. And. I didn't think there was a lot of shade thrown at Tino either other than the fact that he tried to talk about something again, very personal and tried to put her on the spot at the after the fun rose, but she wasn't having any of that. And, you know, I'm sure people are dying to know what it is. I don't know what it is, but clearly she doesn't want it out there. And it's something that is personal to her. So that's what she, you know, got mad at him for, but I didn't think she threw any shade at him. Now, Tino, on the other hand, is going to be on Nick's podcast this week, which is quite interesting because Nick was very, very critical of Rachel all season. So if Nick's going to be critical of Rachel and he's having Rachel's ex fiance sitting across from him, you know, I think that Nick is going to try his best to get stuff out of Tino to have him throw shade at her. I'm really curious I won't have any time to listen to it. I will read, again, any sort of recap of Tino on Nick's podcast. But um, I really hope Tino takes doesn't take the bait because it's not like Nick is going to have a lot of complimentary things to say about Rachel. So let's see exactly how Tino responds. I, I would highly advise him to kind of take the high road on a lot of things because he's just not going to win um if he tries to fight it it's just not it's not going to be a good look so um but yeah when you're sitting across from a guy who clearly didn't like Rachel this season and made it known he didn't like Rachel this season and shit talked her pretty much all season very curious to see what her ex-fiancé is going to say about her on his podcast so Look for that later on in the week. I don't know what day it comes out, but I'm uh, definitely we'll discuss it uh, the day after it is released. And I know that um, a lot of you were interested in the Game of Roses. I was interested in the Game of Roses player, quote-unquote, that they said was going to be released on Friday, last Friday. And... You know, they were very creative with how they said uh, who the player was. They never said it was going to be a Bachelor player. They just said it's going to be a player. Now, is there bread and butter and the main thing they talk about? Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise? Yes. Did pretty much everyone expect it was going to be someone from the Bachelor franchise? Of course. But, you know, that's what they chose to do. Neither here nor there for me. I mean, it's funny because... You know, as I mentioned last week, Taylor had me blocked. Taylor Hale from Big Brother 24, who is who Game of Roses revealed, she's going to be on the podcast soon. And i got to arrange this week sometime to record and see if they're going to run this Thursday, but most likely probably next Thursday. But, yeah, she was the girl that apparently they coached preseason. She was in talks to be on The Bachelor and chose to go on Big Brother. And, you know, yeah, they got creative with how they promoted it and Taylor is a great winner from Big Brother, but I didn't even know Game of Roses covered Big Brother. So I can see where people would be disappointed in, wait, this is the reveal? Because they cover Bachelor, Bachelorette, and Bachelor in Paradise. And they said they were going to reveal a player. So, of course, but they were very creative, and they can just stand behind it. We never said it was a Bachelor player, which they didn't. So I I, I I read enough of the comments to realize it was running 90% that people weren't thrilled with how they promoted it. But, you know, that's that's what they chose to do. So the other thing I want to talk about is ride or die on the challenge which started last week because I had a lot of questions about, you know, what's going on? Why couldn't they tell me or any of us about Casey and Kenny? And then a lot of you messaged me and said, hey, Casey and Kenny had COVID. But the other thing was – then I didn't even know this till I read an article on it. So Anissa, we know, joins with Jordan, and they join later this season. Well, Anissa was actually on the first episode with her partner, James Simon. They were actually on that boat. There was actually footage of James talking in the backyard once they moved into the house, but yet they never addressed it as one of the teams on the show because they were taken off the show because of a positive COVID test, and James had to be replaced with, obviously, Jordan, and then they bring her in they bring Jordan and Anissa in later. And then the other one was, um, who was the other one? Uh, Anissa and James. Oh, and Casey and Kenny, we know through the previews of this season, aren't eliminated forever. They come back on later on. So it was just kind of a COVID deal. But yeah, Anissa and this James Simon guy, her friend, were on the first episode. They were just never focused on So I guess this has happened before where they had people on and they just didn't uh, focus on them. So I thought that was rather interesting. So look for Anissa and Jordan to be a couple or a, a team going forward later on this season. As we know, bananas and Nani were announced at the end of the first episode and Kenny and Casey will be making a return as well. In some pop culture news, uh, Selena Gomez and Haley Bieber took a picture together at the gala this weekend which pretty much set the internet ablaze. And you know what? I actually think this was smart. You know, Haley went on Call Her Daddy podcast a couple weeks ago because of all the the allegations against her that she stole Selena from, she stole uh, Justin Bieber from Selena, and they hooked up while Justin and Selena were still dating. I don't know if they did or didn't. I don't really care. But I know that Selena Gomez's fans are crazy, my niece being one of them. And they blame Haley Bieber. I mean, Haley Bieber is not liked by any of them, and she's gotten a ton of shit and death threats over just the fact that she's married to Justin Bieber because there's people out there that still think Selena Gomez and Justin Bieber should be married. These people are insane in the membrane and probably shouldn't be able to reproduce, but that's what you get. And Selena and Haley decided, well, let's take a picture together. And it's a good PR move. Because maybe, just maybe, some of the Selena crazies will be like, okay, they're actually cool with each other. Like, maybe we shouldn't be nut jobs and still saying Justin and Selena forever and ever and writing on our notebooks, you know? I'm I approve. I'm glad they did that, and I'm guessing it was done on purpose. Something else this past weekend that I didn't even know about, BravoCon? This is a thing? I'm guessing this has been going on for a while. There's no way BravoCon, this was the first time they ever had it where they just bring out all the people Uh, uh, spend a weekend talking about the shows and Andy Cohen is up there and a bunch of housewives go up there and do a bunch of interviews. I'm guessing this is something right up Kate Casey's alley. Uh, I don't think she was there, but uh, I saw all the story you go on any of the entertainment sites. Every single story is about what happened at BravoCon this weekend. And the fact that uh, the real housewives of New York just revealed their newest cast for season, whatever they're on and, Apparently, there's been a lot of changes. I have no idea. I've never seen two minutes of Real Housewives of New York. But good luck to those people who um, are the new cast members. Bravo, Con. I I guess when you have, I mean, obviously, the Real Housewives shows are are just printing money, and they have tons of fans. So it makes sense to have a weekend once a year where fans can literally talk to them and introduce themselves and get autographs and whatnot. The other pop culture thing I want to talk about, I I mentioned it last week, is the fact that the Halloween Ends movie came out. And like I said, I haven't seen one of the Halloween movies in probably 25 or 30 years. I know there's been like 12 of them. I don't understand, and still no one has explained to me exactly how they keep having a Mike Myers pop up. I, I thought he gets killed in every movie at the end. So when he shows up again, don't people that were in the previous movies say, wait a second, we killed him? What is he still doing here? And it made $41 million this weekend at the theater. And not only did it make that at the theater, it also opened up online. Holy crap. $41 million is a decent weekend for movies, especially for a movie that's in its 12th film in the franchise, where it's kind of the same thing every time, right? I came across two TikToks that did reviews of it, and I listened to the first 15 seconds of the review on TikTok, and both of them said it is literally the worst thing they've ever seen. It's the worst one of the 12. Mike Myers apparently doesn't show up until like almost an hour mark. I don't I don't get it. I I don't know. I haven't watched one of them since probably the 80s. So but can someone explain to me that's seen at least, I don't know, three, four, five of them? Like... Don't they kill him in every movie? And then what's the explanation for when he comes back? All right, I'm going to spend some time on sports because it was a huge sports weekend, as I told you, on Friday. One of the best college football weekends heading into the weekend, and it did not disappoint. Tennessee Vol fans, good old Rocky Top. Woo! Rocky Top, Tennessee. Congratulations. Um, I told you on Friday I was on them. I was a little bit scared because everybody was on Tennessee. like, But I knew it. I watched. I, I, I couldn't say I knew. I'm not going to sit here and be like one of those guys. I knew they were going to win. I mean, I bet on them, so I put my money where my mouth was. I bet on them plus the points, and I bet on them on the money line because I did think they were going to win the game, or I thought they had a good chance to win the game. But I'd watched every Alabama game this year. This is not your Alabama of the season's past. This is not the Alabama with the dominant offensive line and the stud-wide receivers. They should have lost to Texas in Week 2. If Quinn Ewers doesn't get hurt, Texas beats them in Week 2. Hell, they should have beaten them without Quinn Ewers in there. This is just not a solid Alabama team that we've seen in years past. It's just It just isn't. What Alabama team gives up 52 points? Their secondary has been porous all year long, and I knew that if Tennessee gave Hendon Hooker time to throw the ball, he was going to carve that secondary apart, which he did. He threw for five touchdowns and almost 400 yards. Now, the other thing is, I don't think Bama's running the table. I think we are going to have our first season in a long time that does not have Alabama in the Final Four, in the college football playoff. They still have to play Mississippi State. They still have to play LSU. They still have to play at Ole Miss. And then they have to have a either rematch with Tennessee or Georgia in the SEC championship game. No two lost team has ever made the college football playoff. Do you think Bama is running that table? Mississippi State, LSU, Ole Miss, and Tennessee or Georgia? I don't think so. They're not as good as years past. I think they could they could conceivably beat Mississippi State LSU and Ole Miss, but I don't think they're beating Tennessee again or Georgia again. I really don't. They're just their defense is not as good. So um congratulations to all tennessee vol fans i know it's been 15 years of suffering you deserved that on saturday that was such a great game it's why we love college football uh, the tcu oklahoma state game was great i mean tcu down 30 to 16 in the fourth quarter gets two touchdowns and then goes to overtime oklahoma state kicks a field goal tcu gets a touchdown at 6 and 0 TCU was my one of is my top overplay in college football this year with six and a half wins. I bet them to win over six and a half games this year. They're six and zero, oh, so I'm pretty much won that bet already. I knew they were going to be good. I did not think they'd be six and zero oh good, but um, they're playing awesome this year, and I'm a legitimate team. Now, granted, the Big Twelve is tough. There's no easy outside of maybe Oklahoma, which is who they've already beaten they've got a lot they for them to run the table if they go 12 and 0 and win the big 12 championship they're in the final four you cannot tell me anything 13 and 0 tcu would be in the final four i just find it hard to believe they're going to go 13 and 0 Uh, they're good but (laughs) big 12 has got a lot of good teams not great teams but good teams that going on the road uh, it's going to be really tough so but good luck uh you know congratulations to tcu as well also the Michigan game stunk. Lost that one. Penn State was just completely dominated. They were never in that game even though even though they were up 14-13 with a minute left before halftime. They were never in that game. And I that sounds weird, but if you watched it, you know, Michigan absolutely destroyed them. Oh, baseball. Baseball playoffs are going to end with this. What did I tell you? I'm a Dodger fan through and through, but I told you for the last week since I started talking about baseball playoffs coming up, I said, what the Dodgers did in the regular season absolutely does not matter. They had that stretch where they won like 32 out of 40 games. They won 111 games, which is the fourth most in Major League Baseball history. Didn't matter. They've won won their ninth NL West title in the last 10 years. Didn't matter. All that matters is you get to the postseason and what happens there. And for the ninth time in 10 years, they failed in the postseason. And as much as it sucks, it's fact. I don't want to hear like, oh, what a great season. Nobody cares about your regular season. Not only that, you lost to the Padres, a team that you went 14-5 and against this year and had won your last 10 against them the year before. They had literally beaten the Padres 24 of the last 29 times they played them but in this five-game series, they went one and three. Didn't even get to a five-game, the fifth game. Only got four games. One and three, and that's all that matters. Beating them 24 out of 29, the last 29 times you played them, absolutely does not matter when you just went one and three and lost the series. Not only that, you won the first game, and you lost three in a row. <laughs> like, this is a team that, trust me, I'm a Dodger fan through and through. I've seen them enough. I've watched them enough in the playoffs. For whatever reason, no matter how great they look in the regular season, this team struggles to get timely hits in the playoffs. It is the same song and dance every single postseason. You know, Friday night in the, I want to say, the fifth inning and then the seventh inning, the eighth and ninth players, hitters get on base, and you have the top of the lineup up with nobody out. Betts, Turner, and Freeman, arguably the top, best top three in the lineup in all of baseball, didn't score a run either time. They were one for their last, I believe, 25 or 26 with runners in scoring position, and that was Freddie Freeman's double on Saturday to get them their first two runs. You know, they were up 2 nothing, and then in the top of the seventh, they add a run, and you know what? They had bases loaded, nobody out, with hitters 4, 5, and 6 up, and they still didn't get another hit. They had a, they had a sack fly and a, I think a strikeout and then a ground out or fly out or whatever. They could have added onto that lead. You could say, man, they blew a 3 0 lead. They should have been up 6 0 that game. This team cannot get a timely hit. You can talk about all you want about pitching and injuries or whatever. The bottom line is they went they, they, they had three runs on um, in game two, lost. Had one run in game three, lost, had three runs in game four, lost. Not gonna win in the playoffs, scoring averaging, you know, two and a half runs a game. It's just not gonna happen. And that's what happens to this team. They 111 wins. They outscored their opponents by 334 runs. It was the most in the history of baseball. Doesn't matter. Five-game series, that's all that matters. It's what you do in that five games. And then if they were to have won that, what you did in the next seven-game series in the LCS. And it just doesn't seem to click with this team. They cannot get key hits. I've seen it time and time again. I'm disappointed, yeah, but I can't say I'm surprised. You know? I can't say I'm surprised at all, nor should anybody else. The one thing I think you can say, and the analyst brought this up, is that in a 162 game baseball season, outside of the All Star break, you never, or or a rainout, you never get more than one day off as a team, ever. You play every day, and you'll get one day off, and then, you know, onto your new series. Sometimes, 162 games, you get one day off outside of the All Star break and outside of any rainouts. Yet you get to the playoffs now you get 5 days off. The two teams that drew by, the Yankees and the Astros and the Dodgers and Braves. Dodgers and Braves got 5 days off. They could rest all their players, get their pitching matchup set up and they lost in both of them lost in four games. So clearly having 5 days off did not help them. The Yankees, we'll see. They play game 5 tonight at home against the uh, the Guardians. The Astros are the only ones that took care of business, but you, you, you listen to the analysts, you listen to David Ortiz, you listen to Pedro Martinez, you listen to Curtis Granderson, you listen to a rod, you listen to Frank Thomas. They all said it. Baseball is all about timing. And for six months, you never had more than one day off. You're just getting out there and playing. You need to keep that going. You need to keep that timing going to where you're not sitting around doing nothing. And those, Top four seeds sat out for five days and did nothing. I mean, obviously they practiced and whatever, but you can't simulate a real game. Two of them were out in four games. The Yankees are struggling. There's something to be said for that. All these wild-card teams are playing great. The Phillies romped. They went in and destroyed the Braves. They had a wild-card series, won the first two games, immediately go into playing the Braves. The Braves sat around for five days Clearly they were off. Dodgers sat around for 5 days, clearly they were off. All those analysts said it. Your timing gets thrown off when you are off for that long. Doesn't just come back after one game. So, I think there is something to be said for that. And this is the first time in the baseball playoffs that they had two seeds get in each division or in each league get 5 days off and get a, you know, a first round bye. And man, look for look for that in the future because That is something to definitely maybe bet against because it is not normal. These teams are not used to it. Six months in a row, and you get one day off here and there. Sometimes you play three weeks straight without getting a day off. And you get to the playoffs, and if you're a top seed, you get five days off. That's not normal. That's not the routine these players are used to. So could be something to be said for that. All right, 25 minutes in. That's enough, and uh, we will uh, talk to you uh, tomorrow obviously we've got some stuff to go over bachelor in paradise i'll talk to you about what i had mentioned in the beginning of the podcast hopefully and anything else that we possibly find out so thank you all for tuning in i really appreciate it and i will talk to you tomorrow see you